Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the Kev Techify Nation. And if you're new here, welcome. In this episode, we're going to look at who is attacking our network. We'll be discussing threat, vulnerability, risk, hacker versus threat actor, evolution of those threat actors, cyber criminals, cybersecurity. And then finally, we'll talk about threat sharing and building cybersecurity awareness. This episode is part of my series on network security. I'm Kevin here at Kev Techify. Let's get this adventure started. To understand network security, it's important to understand the terms threat, vulnerability, attack surface, exploit, and risk. Four common ways to manage risk are risk acceptance, risk avoidance, risk reduction, and risk transfer. Risk acceptance is when the cost of risk management options outweigh the cost of the risk itself. The risk is accepted and no action is taken. It's more expensive to put safeguards in place than the result of being compromised is. Risk avoidance means avoiding any exposure to the risk by eliminating the activity or device that presents the risk. By eliminating an activity to avoid risk, any benefits that are possible from that activity are also lost. Risk reduction this reduces exposure to risk or reduces the impact of risk by taking action to decrease that risk. It is most commonly used in risk mitigation strategies. This strategy carefully evaluates the cost of the loss, the mitigation strategy, and the benefits gained from the operation or activity that is at risk. And finally, risk transfer. Some or all of the risk is transferred to a willing third party, such as an insurance company. As we know, hacker is a common term to use to, to describe a threat actor. The term hacker has a variety of meanings. Now, traditionally, a hacker was somebody who wanted to learn something about a system that wasn't naturally intended or normally intended for that system. The media has put a spin on it to be a negative connotation. And in today's world, when somebody says hacker, that means somebody who wants to do damage to you. So now there's several meanings of the term hacker. One could be a clever uh, programmer capable of developing a new program and coding changes to existing programs to make them more efficient. So now they're helping it. They, they have a program, it's not efficient. Let's make it more efficient. Or it could be a network professional that uses sophisticated programming skills to ensure that networks are not vulnerable to attack. Once again, you're making your network secure. Another definition could be a person who tries to gain unauthorized access to devices on the internet. So somebody who now is going in with intent to do harm. Or another definition could be an individual who runs programs to prevent or slow network access down to many users or corrupt or destroy data on servers. Now, you'll see a lot of references to the idea of a white hacker or a gray hat or a black hat hacker. What we're talking about here is the intentions of the hacker. They're, they're all trying to go in and look at a system, gain access to it, but why are they doing that? A white hacker 
is somebody who is doing that to identify vulnerabilities and then fix those vulnerabilities. A white hack would be like a pen tester. You hire an individual to attack your company to see if there's any vulnerabilities. He's doing that to identify vulnerabilities so that way you can fix those on your network. A black hat hacker is somebody who is trying to gain access to your network for malicious activities, to steal data, to cause a problem. A gray hat falls in the middle. Those are typically the three hackers that most commonly are accepted. Gray, white, and black. Now, in today's world, there's starting to be a couple more colors of hackers. Here's a little chart that has it. We have the black, white, and gray. So the black hat hacker is malicious hacker. They're trying to do harm. White hat is your ethical hacker. They're trying to find problems and then get those fixed before there's any exploits or problems with those. A gray hat, not malicious, but not always ethical. Then we have a green, a blue, and a red. A green hat hacker is somebody new or unskilled. They, they're, they're in they're in using computers to go in and do malicious stuff, but they just started. Their skill set isn't as broad as somebody who's been doing this for a while. Also, I've heard green hat hacker is somebody who is in hacking for environmental reasons, meaning a company is doing harm to the environment. Let's hack them to get them to stop that. So they're doing environmental hacking. A blue hat hacker is a vengeful hacker. This is somebody you may have fired from your company. They're coming back to get vengeance on you. And a red hat is a vigilante hacker. What we're looking at is, is somebody not associated with a company, but that company is doing wrong. And this person, once again, who's not associated with it, is going and hacking that company to right the wrong. The idea of hacking has been around for a long time. In the 1960s, we used they used to be phone freaking or what we call freaking, that's P-H-R-E-A-K-I-N-G. And they would figure out ways to make long distance calls without having to pay for them. Now this has evolved into several different types. First type here is what we call script kitties. Now, script kitties, they emerged somewhere in about the 1990s. They're teenagers or inexperienced threat actors, and they're running existing scripts. They found a script somewhere, they're running them, or they're using a tool they found somewhere. Or maybe they heard about an exploit. They read about it somewhere, and, and they're going and exploiting that exploit. Now, they want to cause harm, but they typically not for profit. So they're using somebody else's work already. They're not developing anything new, and they're just poking around, seeing what they can do. Vulnerability brokers, now these vulnerability bro brokers are gray hat hackers who attempt to discover exploits and then report them to vendors and sometimes they get prizes or rewards for them. Chrome has had this, Microsoft has had this, Firefox has had this, where they've invited hackers to find exploits in their software and when they found them, they got rewarded for that. Activists. The hacktivists are gray hat hackers here who rally and protest against different political or social ideas. You don't agree with somebody's politics. What a hacker would do is go in and hack that. Maybe change a website, change pictures or change wordings, or go to the website that they disagree with and post a picture up there saying, you've been hacked, change your ways or else. 
Cyber criminals here is a term for a black hat hacker who are either self-employed or working for a large cyber crime, cyber crime organization. They're using hacking for malicious activities and getting paid for it. They're making a living doing it. Then we have state-sponsored threat actors. Now, these hackers are threat actors who steal government secrets. They gather intelligence. They sabotage networks of foreign governments, terrorist groups, or different corporations. They're employed by the state. They're employed by the government to go and um, attack other nations, other companies. If you like this episode on who's attacking our network and you get value out of it, depending upon the platform you're using, please click that like button, click that notification bell, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. Doing this helps support the channel, which in turn helps me bring you more great content. Turn on notifications to be alerted every time I release a new episode, and there's going to be quite a few episodes headed your way. You can also visit my website at kevtechify.com for all my details and how to get these episodes in video and podcast form. Cyber criminals are threat actors who are motivated to make money using any means necessary. Now, some cyber criminals work independently, but they're more often financed and sponsored by criminal organizations. Now, there's an estimate out there that globally cyber criminals steal billions of dollars from consumers each year. And that's consumers and businesses. They get your credit card information. They do, they get your personal information and then impersonate you to open up credit cards or banks. They figure out what your bank code, num bank code numbers are and transfer money out to different bank accounts that cannot be traced. Organizations must act to protect their assets, users, and customers. Now, they have to develop and practice cybersecurity tasks. Here's a list of them. One of the first things here is use a trustworthy IT vendor. When you go and you buy your technology, whether it's hardware, whether it's software, or consulting services, use a trustworthy vendor. Sometimes using a trustworthy vendor means you're not going to use the cheapest, but it it is better than having your systems compromised because you use the cheapest vendor. Second one here is keep security software up to date. Actually keep all software up to date, especially the security software, because as soon as there's a new threat identified out there, they typically send out updates and you want to keep your devices, your systems protected with that updated software. Next item is perform regular penetration tests. You have your system set up. You have your network set up. Let's go and see if we can break into our network. Let's see if there's any, any vulnerabilities. Sometimes this requires hire, hiring an outside consultant, a red or sorry, a white hat hacker. Next, backup to cloud and hard disk. So make sure you're backing up to the cloud. Make sure you're backing up to the hard disk. Backing up to the cloud gives you a backup that is stored redundancy, multiple servers, they have encryption on it. It's a safe way to do it. Also, backing up to a hard disk and then unplugging those hard disks, that's an offline backup. So if your systems do get compromised for some reason, stay with like ransomware and then encrypts all of your systems, if you have these hardline or offline backups, 
you can go back to those because they haven't been encrypted. Another thing to do is periodically change your Wi-Fi password. After a while, you have people coming into your company, accessing your, your, your wireless network. You have different salespeople coming in, different vendors, consultants. They, they have access to your network. I would be rotating that password. Keep security policy up to date. Your company should have a security policy. First, if it doesn't have a security policy, make sure you go out and set up one. There's examples on the internet. I would then have your corporate lawyer just take a look at it, make sure it covers all the bases. Once you have that, make sure you keep it up to date because of the evolving technology. In a year from now, there's going to be technologies, there's going to be ways to do different things that we haven't thought of, and you're going to need to evolve your security policy. Another thing is enforce use of strong passwords. If you have short passwords, easily guessed passwords, your systems can be compromised. So strong passwords, meaning at least eight characters, sometimes 12 characters long, need to be a combination of upper letter uppercase letters lowercase letters symbols numbers you need to have all that information and finally the last thing you can do here is use two-factor authentication username and password that's one factor but add in a second factor maybe it's a little key fob that's got a pseudo random number they have to enter in maybe it's biometrics that has like a thumb scanner Many network attacks can be prevented by sharing information about ind indicators of compromise or, or abbreviated IOC. Now, each attack has a unique identifiable attributes. Inter indicators of compromise are the evidence that an attack has occurred. IOCs can, can be features that identify malware. So you, you, you know what malware looks like and you can see that those files are there. Another way, another way is IP addresses of servers that are used in attacks. When, when, they're, when you get attacked, the attack has to originate from somewhere, and a lot of times that will have the IP address where that attack originated. You can look at file names. Certain file names don't, aren't necessarily belonging on your system, so you can identify those. And then the last one here for in, indicators of compromise is characteristic changes have been made to the end system software. Now what we're talking about is the end user, their software, there's a change to it. Something just doesn't look right. Yeah, I can understand an upgrade where there's gonna be changes, but if there's a change and your end user identifies that, that might be, and it only happened to them, that might be where a compromise has happened. Now, indicators of an attack. IOA, this, they focus more on the motivation behind an attack, the potential means by which threat actors have or will compromise vulnerabilities to gain assets, access to your assets. Indicators of an attack are concerned with the strategies that are used by the attacker. When we look at threat sharing and building cybersecurity awareness, there's a couple agencies that have done this. The U.S. Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency, CISA, C-I-S-A, uses a system called the Automatic Indicator Sharing, or AIS. AIS here, this Automatic Indicator Sharing, 
enables the sharing of attack indicators between the U.S. government and private sector as soon as those threats are verified. So as soon as the threats are verified, the cybersecurity infrastructure and security agency, they share it with other government agencies, they share it with the private sector. Now, the cybersecurity infrastructure and security agency, they offer many resources that help to limit the size of the United States attack surface. Now, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency and the National Cybersecurity Alliance, yes, there's a lot of acronyms in here. So these two together, they promote cybersecurity to all users. One example here of what they do is they have an annual campaign every October called National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, where they bring out what companies, what individuals should be doing to protect themselves. There is also the equivalent in Europe here, the European Agency for Cyber Security, and they also deliver advice and solutions for cybersecurity challenge of the United, or sorry, the European Union member states. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on who's attacking our network. If you like this episode on who's attacking our network and you got value out of it, and depending upon the platform, please click that like button, click the notification bell, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel and turn on notifications. That way you'll be alerted every time I release a new video and there's a lot of videos headed your way. All my socials and contact information, they can be found on my website, kevtechify.com. In the upper right is my playlist for my series on network security. In the bottom right is one of my favorite videos that I linked just for you. Thank you so much for watching this video on my series on network security. Once again, I'm Kevin. This is Kev Techify. I'll see you next time for another great adventure.